Kia ora and welcome to the Destinate NZ Show. I'm Michelle Caldwell and today we're talking inclusive tourism. So Happy New Year everyone. This is our first episode actually recorded in 2021 and it is great to be back. I had a wonderful three-week break in the Coromandel with my husband's family and I'm feeling refreshed and energised, ready to take on 2021. Who knows what is ahead of us this year, although I think 2020 pretty much prepared us for anything. Now, I've had some space open up in my diary as well, so if you're thinking that you'd like some help with your marketing planning for the year ahead, feel free to drop me a line at michelle at destinatenz.com so we can have a chat about how I might be able to help. Now, you've probably noticed that Chambers isn't here with me today, unfortunately, but we do have a very special guest joining us soon, Jezza Williams from Making Tracks. Now, Jezza is on a mission to make tourism inclusive for everyone and has some great programs going around the country. And you know what? He does it all out of passion. It's a great story and I'm sure you'll all enjoy listening in. So enjoy the episode and we'll be back again next week. Today we're joined by someone who is making a real difference in the tourism industry, Jezza Williams. Kia ora Jezza, Happy New Year and welcome to the Destinate NZ Show. Kia ora Michelle, kia ora listeners and thank you very much for your invite. I'm quite excited to sit back and tell you a little bit of my background and what's going on within the inclusive tourism industry and hopefully our listeners will decide that this is an amazing opportunity and everybody will be like I want to get amongst it. <laughs> That's absolutely what we're hoping for Jezza. So um, just to explain to everybody you're the director of Making Tracks which is a not-for-profit that initiates and facilitates experiences for people who normally would not have access to them. So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about your background and how you ended up here? Wow. Quite randomly, I'm in this industry by accident, Michelle, not by choice. Right. (laughs) I've been in the outdoor industry since I was a tiny tot. And basically, when I left school, I jumped straight onto the job of being a grader driver on a ski field road so I could work in the ski industry. Awesome. Yeah. I taught myself how to drive in the car park and then carried on down about the age of 18. And that was the beginning of uh, a very adventurous and uh, very awesome career in the outdoor industry from um, right through, really. I started with the ski patrol, then went through to become a river guide and canyon guide and did a lot of international travel through my work and Mm -hmm. also got to run some pretty amazing rivers uh, in New Zealand on the west coast the heli rafting and also running operations over there which was pretty exciting and then I disappeared and got lost on the planet for probably around about 10 years or so working all over the world in places like Zambia and Honduras and you know getting lost, hitting massive rivers, but also enjoying beautiful places like Switzerland and Canada. And yeah, just really soaking up what the possibilities were within my career, really. Mm -hmm. And then out of a beautiful day, 
I'll just carry on because people love this bit. This is the glory part, you know. <laughs> so uh, after being in the industry for around about 15 years at the age of 35, jumping off everything since I was knee high to a grasshopper, just one day, one second of my life, I did a big leap out that I normally would do a beautiful big Superman dive landing feet first, but this day it just didn't work. And I slipped very committing position, put myself in as I did every single day. And uh, yeah, ended up breaking my neck in a Swiss Canyon. So that was pretty exciting. Bit of a change in the old lifestyle, but you know, it's all good. Everything happens for a reason, they say, even if you are bloody stupid. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So from there, um, I had all these years of experience and um, I thought it'd be a waste to to have all this experience and, and try and change it up. So I just carried on doing what I do and uh, open up making tracks, which is now the inclusive tourism experts of New Zealand. And lately we've been hitting pretty hard internationally. So yeah, a pretty exciting journey really. Um, and that was 10 years ago. Wow. So I've been running the inclusive tourism uh, for about 10 years. Yep. And my idea has been totally different than the rest of the industry. So I'm quite lucky how it's sort of evolved, if you like. Yeah, cool. Are there many businesses in the inclusive tourism industry, like doing what you're doing? Or are you kind of, I know you're a global expert on inclusive tourism. Are there many people like you out there consulting and advising tourism businesses on how to have a more inclusive experience? Well, funny you should say that, Michelle. There is not many out there. The thing is, um, within the tourism sector, everybody's been talking about accessible tourism for years. Mm, And accessible tourism is all well and good if you want to go to Singapore, but it's not what tourism is about. And of course, the word inclusion in some worlds means all sorts of diversity. Um, And so the way that making tracks puts things forward firstly luckily for for me I'm a river guide so we like to keep things very simple I'm a farmer boy so we're very good at you know very good initiative if you like number eight wire exactly exactly thinking outside the the box um so the way that I have changed the tourism industry within New Zealand with inclusive tourism movement is totally different than everybody else Um, and that's why I think the international market is actually going oh wow that makes a lot more sense and luckily for me you know with my disabilities if you like I'm a fantastic guinea pig for a lot of the tourism initiatives that I put forward Mm -hmm. plus I do some really amazing trips internationally globally I've put my body in some pretty crazy situations just to see what the possibilities are and through that I've found out that the difference between accessible tourism and inclusive tourism are totally different yeah so have you come across any activities that you haven't been able to find a solution for the funny thing Michelle is all of the harder activities were probably the ones that I started with Mm -hmm. Because being a river guide, um, you have a lot of friends in the industry that, you know, push a lot of limits. So I started with things like rafting and skydiving and paragliding and all these sort of things. And once you open up those sort of activities or adventures, then 
the rest is very, very simple. And once you open up one, you can open up any. So if I open up one Scott Oven Company, I can open up any Scott Oven mm-hmm. Company on the planet. Sure. Same with rafting, same with sea kayaking, same with all of these activities. So, so far, no, I haven't found any activity that is unable to join the inclusive tourism movement. Because mm-hmm. the basic thing about inclusive is it means pretty much diversity and everybody. Yeah. My favorite saying is advanced customer care. Mm. So if your company can't provide advanced customer care, don't you think it's starting to be about time that you looked at a larger diversity and a larger network within your systems? Yeah. And it's the amazing thing about inclusive tourism, it's got nothing to do with infrastructure. And this is what people, this is the big difference. So the biggest part is the difference between accessible and inclusive. And I've been to a lot of, you know, overseas summits and accessible tourism events, if you like, and it's all well and good. And I appreciate the world being accessible, but definitely the adventure industry is not accessible and it will never be accessible. So the difference between inclusive tourism and accessible tourism is the magic behind everything. So it's four little words. It's education information, cooperation, and only when needed, adaption. So firstly, education. That means that the company is educated in providing an activity. And then they can provide the appropriate information for the client to have the confidence to book in the safety of their own home before they venture out. Cooperation is where the company and the client can work together. And then adaption. But we only use adaption if it is needed. Mm -hmm. The cool thing about inclusive tourism compared to accessible tourism is inclusive tourism is very cost effective. It's very simple. And it's right now. It's immediate. Accessible tourism, that comes, but it's infrastructure. Mm. It's very expensive. And one of my favorite things is people don't go to New Zealand to use a bathroom, no matter what the government thinks. <laughs> they come here for adventure. They come the here for yeah. what we have, for our experiences. Exactly. And making tracks is about the experience. Yep. So through a very simple way of consulting with companies, we can open up the whole industry. Mm-hmm. Cool. So when you're working with tourism businesses, you're obviously consulting to them, you're going to their businesses. And how does that work? Are you training their teams on this advanced customer care philosophy? And because there's obviously some questions and some information that is important to get across. And how does that work? What does that look like? So yeah, it's it's very simple to join up with the inclusive tourism. And I call it inclusive tourism movement because mm-hmm. now we've got a whole bunch of companies that have joined with us. And it's, you know, it's not just me. It's everybody that we work with. And that's exactly what the inclusive tourism movement is. It's about working together, about cooperation. So first thing I do is I consult with the company. Consulting with the company is very simple. It means I go through, I have a look at their operations. We look at their safety. We look at all of the the hurdles or the bumps and we find out what information will be needed for a client to be able to make the decision 
to join their activity. Mm-hmm. We then work together. So I provide them with a whole bunch of information. A lot of it comes just with misunderstanding. And then the misunderstanding is pretty much the, the big issue, I think, with the idea of I might hurt somebody or this could be hard or it's, a, mm. it's taken away the company's making decisions for people that they don't understand Mm -hmm. because nobody can make a decision for somebody unless they fully know that person yeah and you'd be very surprised and within the inclusive sector of what is possible I always go well just watch a game of wheelchair rugby and then (laughs) you'll sort of find out what uh what people can go through and that's that's from tetraplegic that's one of the highest disabilities you can have on the planet so it's just treating people as they are people and it's about you know treating people as a human you know Mm -hmm. the only thing in common that all human beings have is diversity and if people haven't worked this out by now then you know, it should be about time, really. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we educate and then we cooperate. So all the companies that I work with, uh, I get to know them. I get to know the marketers. I get to know the operators. I get to know their business. And I also provide them with my WhatsApp number. Mm-hmm. And that sits on my lap most of the time. And I can, at any point in time, direct them in any way they need. Mm-hmm. So I provide them with any information. If they have any questions, I can do that. If they have a client that is a bit unsure, then I can contact the client. And mm-hmm. also the other way around, clients contact me quite often. And then they say, you know, what what can I do? And I give them a good idea of different activities that is possible. Yeah. And we provide the companies with also, it's, you know, I personally don't want to go rafting down a class five glacial fed river. I'm a tetraplegic. Mm-hmm. I'll probably fall in and never come back. So neither would my mum. Yeah. You know, she yeah. just turned seven. And I probably wouldn't either. <laughs> no, no, exactly. But there's people like Aaron Farthing out there who, who loves it and he's yeah. gone many times. So it's about understanding your business as well. So yeah. it's understanding how to vet clients. And we help with that as well. Mm. We provide with information on people's weight limits if they <laughs> need to be transferred or if they don't need to be transferred. It's very interesting. Somebody could weigh, you know, 100 kgs, but they can get from the ground into their wheelchair by themselves. Mm. That is not weight. That is yep. very powerful and strong. So for me, I understand all of these things, you know, yeah. and I also understand what clients need, whether they need special seating, whether they need to worry about temperature, whether they need to worry about dysreflexic, all these things that other people wouldn't understand mm. and also feel a little bit weird asking. Yeah. <laughs> so l- luckily for me, I am the in-between person and I work together with clients. And it's, yeah. it's funny, like I am a C5 tetraplegic. I don't know if many people know what that is. I can't even drive, Michelle, you know, yeah. but I'm a private paragliding pilot and I yeah. go multi-day rafting and sea kayaking and I travel the world and, you know, I've done the Mongol rally 36,000 kilometers from London to Mongolia and back through Russia, you know, all these things just yeah. to prove a point, you know, just to show it's got nothing to do with the individual's body yeah it's got to do with the mind of everybody yeah yeah and once we can break down all of those barriers then 
that's advanced customer care. Mm. And it's also making sure your client understands. Nobody knew you could jump off a bridge until somebody jumped off the Eiffel Tower, mm. you know? Yep. Nobody knew you could bridge swing until some of us crazy characters went bridge <laughs> swinging and then they made it commercial. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's about educating the industry on both sides, you know, yep. showing a client what's possible, but mm. also showing a company what's possible. Yep. And that's where making tracks makes that, that cooperation between the company and the client. Yeah. So it's a very much an ongoing relationship. Yeah, that's really cool. So how many businesses have you got on board in New Zealand at the moment, do you think? there? I've got around about 50 businesses <laughs> that are with us at the moment. Yep. And they're growing. Everything's yep. growing. It's slow, but it's growing. It's, it's really interesting how so many companies are trying to actually find out how the Making Tracks movement works. And I think it's happening more and more. But it's also happening internationally as well. And mm -hmm. this is why right now is the time where we believe that a lot of companies should be looking at a large diversity because mm -hmm. it's that new word that everybody's talking about and it's incentive travel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, how big is the industry globally, do you think? Have you got any numbers or stats on that? Yeah, I've got a few stats and a few numbers. <laughs> so the beautiful thing is... One in four Kiwis in 2013 have some form of disability. That's anything ranging from, let's say, a learning disability right through to a very severe a physical disability like myself. Mm -hmm. Then Australia, so that's 1.1 million. Yeah. Then our wow. favourite people across, across the ditch, 4.4 million people. That's more, nearly more than the population of New Zealand. Yeah, wow. 15% uh, of the global population... And we don't really take statistics in New Zealand that much, but the UK have, and it's called the Purple Pound. And it's $28 billion worth. I think oh. it's something, something like $3 billion gets lost from companies that, don't, that aren't part of an inclusive system. I can send that through to you mm. as well uh, to give you That's a habit so you can have a look. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. And you know what the cool thing is, Michelle? I don't travel by myself. I travel with friends, family, you know, that sort of style. Yeah. And so that doubles it. And guess yeah. what? Let's, let's think about the baby boomers, you know. My mum, she's wealthy. She mm -hmm. hates me calling her a baby boomer. Sorry, mum. <laughs> I bet she does. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's, it's, you have to look at this as well. And, like, that's huge. And in the next 10, 15 years, it's going to double. Mm. So there are people that have got the finance. They've traveled before, they're healthy, they're fit, although they will need a little bit more advanced customer care. Yeah. And that's also where making tracks can assist. Mm. You know, there's some crazy things. You used to work for THL. You told me before. Yeah. Did you know not one of their camper vans and the whole of their fleet is an accessible camper van? Mm. So I've been talking to these to, to many companies for a very long time I probably said this four years ago and you know I can't afford to make them if I would I you know yeah. I'll get amongst it yeah. but imagine this you know if there was an inclusive camper van available that there's a changing facility a bathroom a place for people to 
take their weight off, an accessible toilet, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, just goes on. So, yeah. you know, it's about what we call incentive travel is people are now going to look at places where they feel welcome. Yeah. And if you are a company that welcomes more of a diversity of clients and you have a beautiful little logo down on the bottom of your company or your brochure, then you're going to be a stronger company and a more popular company to go to. Yeah. So it's about working together and it's about understanding people are people and all the diversities of life. And the more we can work together, then the more we can change the destination, if you like, and bring a lot more people to New Zealand and encourage Kiwis to get out there and, you know, try bits and pieces. And that's yeah. the that's the interesting part of why inclusive tourism is such a global movement now because finally people like Expedia, you know, that there's Airbnb are doing adaptive experiences. Okay. Yeah, that's mm. good, isn't it? Yeah. So mm. some of those big players are waking up to it. And obviously mm. that's going to make a difference as well, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there's other, everybody like Nepal, they, they love it too. You know, they're, mm. they're all about getting a larger diversity of clientele. And is Nepal accessible? Hell no. But is it inclusive? Yes, very much so. Yeah. It's probably one of the most inclusive destinations on the planet because everybody's willing to, to adapt to their clients. Right. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Like you've obviously travelled around the world a lot, maybe not so much in the last 12 months as none of us have been able to, but how does New Zealand stack up on the global scale? Are we <clears throat> thereabouts or is there, you've mentioned Nepal, is there anybody else doing it really well? Um, well, uh, inclusive tourism. I think New Zealand's growing. We're growing very much so. Um, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have said the same thing. Um, But yes, we are starting to understand. New Zealand, we're lucky. You know, we've got every, a lot of backpackers have accessibility. That's Mm -hmm. infrastructure, not experience. Um, If you pay over $120 a night, then of course, everything is um, accessible. Mm-hmm. Uh, public buildings have to be accessible. That's the accessible side of it. Inclusive side of it, I think we've still got a wee way to go. Mm. There's no intercity bus systems that are inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, you look at a lot of businesses that should be opening and it's rather slow. A lot of people do provide trips for the inclusive market, but nobody knows about it. Right. So as I said, there's 50 on board, what we call that inclusive directory, which is the Making Tracks movement companies. There's a lot more than 50 companies in this country. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. So it's, a, it's about getting everybody aboard and not looking at it as a favor. Yep. Something nice to do for a disabled person. Yeah. Because that's a little bit weird and that's not what it's about. You yeah. know, I'm yeah. rich, you know. I travel three or four. Did you know this is my first winter? I've never traveled in the last really? probably 15 odd years. Yeah. Oh, wow. Crazy. You're feeling homebound, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, I don't mind winter. It was, it was a bit mellow last year. So, yep. but yeah, I like my, my world, like my egg sunny side up. So <laughs> I try to follow the sun, but that's what I'm saying. It, it's, it's about everybody just understanding that there's a huge market out there. Mm. and 
it's like going back into the olden days when I studied tourism and that was at Taipatini Polytech back in many, many moons ago. And we talked about the tourism industry. We talked about bums on seats, about on sale, about the more activities, the more people will come, all of these things. Mm. Now, if we think about that now within the inclusive market, then the more activities we have, the more opportunities we have, then the more people will come. Yeah. We've been really pushing places like Queenstown is incredible now, and mm-hmm. it's getting even more incredible. Yeah. We've got the West Coast, Franz Joseph. We've got so many activities over there. Abel Tasman, incredible. Yeah. Auckland, we've got a few. Rotorua, we will start be pushing in there. We've got a few. Yeah. You know, it's a big job going yeah. around to all of these companies and me selling it, whereas I shouldn't have to. No, you shouldn't have to. It should just be a normal, like it's just another thing that we do as part of our businesses, I would have thought. Exactly, exactly. People should be contacting making tracks. That's that's how I find it. Um, But I still do go all over the place and and promote the hell out of it because it's really important. And and, and for me, it's a passion, you know, it's non-profit. I don't pay myself a cent. I normally have to pay for all my own transport, all my own accommodation. And, you know, I just do it because, you know, I've got a very busy mind and uh, it's something that I believe that I can change and make it make a destiny for New Zealand. Yeah. Which is awesome. And in saying that too, Michelle, like last, just before Christmas, um, we went down to Queenstown. We have been filming some of the most incredible uh, footage of mm-hmm. not myself it's always been about me and it's pretty annoying you know so <laughs> I got hold of some pretty awesome role models some of them were Paralympians okay yeah yeah, like, like good old Corey Peters yeah. and Adam Hall and Gemma awesome. and her partner George and yeah and we took Dylan down a really good friend of mine who's is also part of the Making Tracks movement and did some really amazing footage that we're hopefully going to share with the world and create a dream so Mm. i'm promoting something that tourism new zealand should be promoting and why because i'm the only person that's going to do it yeah and what you know and we do it for for the companies we do it for the industry and i really hope the industry embraces it and realize how much work we put in and then Mm. actually turns around and goes hey you know why don't we assist you guys do this for New Zealand yeah and that would be the next step and that's the next step that we're really going for is people contacting us and and then we can as a nation we can create one of the most inclusive most beautiful places for people to go on the planet and that's what the whole inclusive tourism movement should be about and it's very easy yeah, brilliant. And I think what you're doing, Jezza, breaking down some of those barriers for the businesses as well, because I know in various businesses that I've worked in, it's, it is a little bit overwhelming at times if you have somebody come through and say, can you look after me? I'm in a wheelchair and it's a big responsibility and you do feel that, but you're right. They are people who want to have great experiences and there's always a way to get through that. And I think if we can get more businesses on board partaking in and being part of the inclusive tourism movement, well, then Tourism New Zealand don't really have a choice but to get behind and support it because we're ready for it then. Like, I think that's the one thing we we need to have that confidence that we are ready to go out and promote that to the world as well. 
Yeah, I, t- I totally think we're ready. I Like it is 2021, you know, mm-hmm. and you do have me, you know, I'm pretty yeah. good at my job. And <laughs> it, it, it is, it's a very, very simple, very, very simple thing to be part of. And it's very cost effective as well. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we just take a subscription, a yearly subscription from our clients. It's like $250, Wow. you know, and that's the only money that making tracks really does make apart from when I go out and do speaking or, you know, I do, uh, we've opened up, we're making harnesses now. Oh, I'm yeah. looking at, yeah, we're looking at making different bits and pieces to assist the world within their inclusion. And so I do other bits and pieces, but, you know, by no means of the imagination are we a wealthy company. It's not about that. It's got nothing to do with that. It's about, and we're not a booking agent. And a lot of companies might think, oh, they just want to book a lot of clients. It's like, no, they're your clients. Yeah. And uh, I'm here to help you get a larger diversity of people through your doors. And trust me, there are a lot of people that would love to come here. Mm. In the past, I think a lot of people have uh, traveled via, with, with, especially within the larger disability sector of people in wheelchairs, et cetera, yep. things like cruise ships, for example, because yeah. it's easy, you know, it's, you've got, it's, you've got your changing room, you've got yep. everything there, you can go for a swim, you've got people to help you, et cetera, et cetera. So, and all the information is there before they go. But trust me, people won't be wanting to go on cruise boats no more. So if we can give so many more experiences and provide such a better advanced customer care to our clients, we're going to get that incentive into people's minds to come where they feel welcome, Mm. which is New Zealand. And we are a very welcoming country. You know, there's the Taikiaki promise is things like this. You know, have your company signed up to this promise? Are you advanced customer care? Because I believe that's exactly what the promise means. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of thing, incentives in New Zealand, but a real incentive is actually to think of your clients. Because when I started in the industry as an adventure guide, it was to think of my clients. It was to give my clients the best, most amazing time that they can possibly have. And if I had somebody show up that maybe be a little bit different than everybody else, I'd realize that they put a lot of effort to come. Mm, And for them to be there, it's not a hungover teenager that's there with his mates, but somebody that really appreciates it and will tell your friends. Yeah, It's a larger diversity. The diversity is what is the whole story you know that's what life's about Mm. and it is it's a big sector and i tell you what every single person on this planet can join it yeah you know that's a that's another beautiful little incentive isn't it it is i know it's very exciting so you've mentioned obviously the adventure tourism sector is there like is that the sector that you see kind of making the most strides at the moment in becoming part of the inclusive tourism movement or yeah i guess that's the one that on the surface could be the most challenging for for making tracks we we don't discriminate (laughs) we're all about everybody and we're all about every experience i work with todd down at the antarctic center in christchurch Mm -hmm. it's definitely not 
and it's, it's not an adventurous experience. It's a, it's an experience. Yeah. There are, yeah, we work with the guys up at the Māori village just outside Rotorua, Tamake. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's not adventure, it's culture. I work with Leanne and Toddy who go out in the walker in Abel Tasman. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a cultural experience. So no, we're about everything. We're about providing the information for clients to go to. And we also have the inclusive directory. And every company that we have on our inclusive directory, they have our little seal of approval and that there is similar, a little bit better looking than, than TripAdvisor. And that there promotes, you know, people look at that, they're like, oh, what's that? And then they go and it takes them to the inclusive directory. So right. it provides yep. all the information that the clients need. Yep. So it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be an adventure company. Yep. It's just because I was in the outdoor industry the first companies that I opened were adventure operations and they were all the ones that seemed like the hard ones. And I always love a challenge. So I always, you know, go to the hard ones first (laughs) and then do the easier things later. Yeah. And, and the way that that's worked out is that now making tracks can open up every activity in New Zealand and we'd be proud to, and we'd be, you know, the movement is huge. It's not just me. It's everybody that is part of it. Yep. And so the more people that jump aboard, then the more we can bring people to New Zealand. We can change that destination. And hopefully in the future, people within the tourism sector that promote and market New Zealand will get behind and support us doing our videoing, doing our marketing. And we can do this in the whole of New Zealand and mm-hmm. just really create that dream and create that possibility for everybody to well be welcomed in New Zealand, which is, you know, I think one of the most beautiful things anybody can really do, really. Yeah, that's really cool. So what's one of the most inspiring opportunities that you've been part of since starting Making Tracks? Well, for me, I think is I've had a couple of really incredibly I, I really don't like the word disabled, but I'd mm-hmm. say children that have quite severe disabilities. One of them was a young girl that we brought to New Zealand, mm-hmm. Abby. She had uh, cerebral palsy tetraplegia, and mm-hmm. we provided a make-a-wish trip for her. The only reason she came all the way to New Zealand is the only country in the world that could provide a trip like that. And it was amazing. It was beautiful to 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 see the the glow in her eyes from the start of the trip to the finish of the trip. And then I've had other ones where I had Hayden, a a young kid that had locked-in syndrome, come down Mm -hmm. from the North Island. We took him to Queenstown for Adventurous Weekend. Yeah, it's these sort of things are, you know, it's pretty special to see somebody get out and and just change their mindset with a few experiences. Yeah, it's life-changing, isn't it? It's very much life-changing, exactly, exactly. So it's life-changing for me as well to see see people experience things that their parents possibly would have never put them out there to do in the first place or – and it's the only way I could do it is the companies that I've been working with are super fantastic and trust me – their parents trust me <laughs> and I can give these amazing young kids some incredible opportunities. Yeah. So that there for me, I think it's been quite empowering for myself and also just 
getting people out there and doing stuff that yeah. they never thought was possible. I think, you know, for me, my mind must be a little bit different. You know, I just throw myself out of everything and I always have and I always will. We don't yeah. change. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people don't change. <laughs> so there's that side of things that it's, it, it's very inspiring and also learning about the, the industry and both sides has been quite inspiring. I've met some incredibly amazing operators and I've met some incredibly amazing clients on the journey as well. Yeah. And it's inspired me now to make another step. And that's the Making Tracks Foundation that we will be hopefully putting together in the next few coming months. And okay. that will, yeah, so that's another exciting ball that I'm throwing out there. And now I've said it publicly, I'm going to have to go through with it. But <laughs> you it's, do, yeah, we're holding you yes, accountable now. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So what what's the foundation? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I'll give you a little bit of a heads up just because, you know, <laughs> it's always good for people to understand. Yeah. So within New Zealand, over my years of running Making Tracks, I do realise there's a large diversity of different people in this country. And there's a massive difference between people that are covered by ACC and people mm. that are covered by the uh, health board. And most right. of the people that have been brought up within the health board system have had a very uh, different life than those people that may have been in an accident with ACC mm -hmm. and unless they're very very outgoing individuals it's extremely hard for them to get out and uh, experience things financially right. also they've been put into different situations their whole life in schools and outdoor events and all these sort of things and it sort of opened up my mind a bit and uh, during COVID you know I was sitting back and I got a nice garden nice house got a job you know and I'm thinking wow well, I'm so lucky but then I'm thinking about the, those people that are in state housing that can't have, find jobs that have, you know, a lot more of a harder life than somebody like myself. And so taking it upon myself with a, with a few other beautiful individuals, and we're going to open up a foundation where we're going to hopefully get government funding to get sponsorship from and individuals and companies, maybe, you know, dollar a day, like we used to mm -hmm. in the olden days, but look at our own backyard and uh, also we'll run events and uh, teach people a little bit about what life's really about yep. within the mental health sector and diversity and mindsets and also empowerment with employment and experience. So the foundation will be pretty much to raise money for people that haven't got funding for outdoor equipment, mm -hmm. experience or training, but it's wow. not within the disability sector because that's not what Making Tracks is about. It's yep. about getting people out there to experience a real adventure with, with, you know, people that they maybe wouldn't associate with them normally mm. and people would not normally associate with them. So they learn about Fred. They don't learn about somebody with a disability yep. and maybe that will empower them to employ Fred in the future mm. or Fred to gain uh, employment or, uh, you know, just a growth in their life. Yeah. And that needs to be with that growth. Yeah. And I think the outdoor scene within this country is very 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 powerful at that you know speaking from experience yeah oh that sounds amazing all the best mm. with that i'm sure thank you very much huge success now look we're coming almost to the end of the show but one more thing how can our listeners get in touch with you they've been listening and they want to get in touch with you at making tracks how do they do that yeah, well, it's very, very simple. Anybody can go straight to makingtracks.co.nz and that's making tracks with an X. 
all of my information, all the inclusive directory and all the information about the company is on there and how to contact me. Or they can just sign up and surprise me. There is <laughs> a little thing that says join the movement. You can just clip on it and pay you $250. And then I will be in contact with you straight away. Or else just send me a WhatsApp message. My WhatsApp is sitting on my lap and my phone number is on that website. And if you want to follow what we're doing as well, you know, go to Instagram or Facebook and that's making tracks with an X.co.nz or find me on LinkedIn, Jezza Williams and all of those little icons at the top of my website. So I'm really easy to get in contact with and um, (laughs) pretty personal sort of character and enjoy meeting beautiful new people that, um, want to join and experience something that they never thought they could be part of. Brilliant. And we'll add all of those details to our episode notes as well. So in case our listeners are in the car and don't have a pen. But our final um, thing that we like to do with our guests is a little bit of a quick fire round. So I'll just fire some questions at you. And the first thing that pops into your head, are you up for that? I hope so. Yeah, we'll give it a go. Here we go. Pretty easy. (laughs) Radio, here we go. North Island or South Island? South Island. Mountains or ocean? Mountains. Favourite place in New Zealand? Mm, The river. Favourite place in the world? Mm, The river. (laughs) Rafting or paragliding? That's a damn hard one. <laughs> Nowadays, I'd say paragliding because rafting, I need assistance. Paragliding, you can just push me off the hill. Okay, fair enough. What's the most extreme thing you've ever done? Public speaking. What are you most proud of? My mother. Oh. And what's the one thing you're hoping for in 2021? that everybody has a beautiful year and that the mental health sector of New Zealand opens up and becomes a lot healthier. Yeah, that's a great way to end the show. Well, Jezza, thank you so much for joining us today. I've thoroughly enjoyed having a chat to you and it's fair to say you're an inspiration to many of us in the tourism industry and I love how you are inspiring so many businesses to do better each day and I hope that more jump on board with your movement and New Zealand really truly becomes the most inclusive country in the world. So thank you for joining us and wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Michelle. It was a pleasure being part of your podcast and I will look forward to listening to it myself. <laughs> well, that ends our episode for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next Wednesday with another great episode. So tune in then. But in the meantime, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn under Destinate NZ. Don't forget to tell your friends about us. Until next week, kakate. Kakate.